idea of success has changed so much. I thought I was Elon Musk and I could run multiple businesses at the same time. <laughs> Lesson learned, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> I never ever expected this brand and this community to grow this fast, no way. So we put a little note in each packet and all it said was this is a David and Goliath battle. So I had the perfect storm and I was exhausted. I got directly threatened to watch my back. That moment I realised I had no clients, I had no network, I had nothing. You know, there's been some really big highs, but there's been some really big lows. You know, I've had people say, I think we should change the red to something more peach. Oh. We're like, Dar, we are not peach. Like, <laughs> There's a big joke in my office that every time Amanda goes on a holiday, she comes yeah. back with a new business. In the first 15 minutes, I sold out. And that wow. was the day I started to take it seriously. For people to stop you in a train station and go, your book changed my life. For me, that was one of the first times where I went, yeah, it's going to make waves. I've watched business all over the world and always in my heart gone, one day I'm going to have my own business again that's going to put people first, not profit. It blows my mind every day. It is powerful to see transformation. Welcome to Getting to the Heart of Business, brought to you by The Online Co, where we believe the best way to help small and medium businesses grow is by putting people first. I'm James Palmwell, and this episode is our season finale, where we're going to discuss the things we learnt by interviewing 23 Australian small and medium businesses. My co-host is Jess Caluso. G'day, Jess. Hey, James. Well, here we are. I know, we've made season it. One. We made it, <laughs> yes. It's been a lot of fun. It's been great. Uh, tell me something that you've learnt, a sort of big picture thing. Oh, big picture thing for me is about continuing to learn. Right. Continuing your education. It doesn't stop when you finish school or uni or go to TAFE. Yeah. It just, it's, it's constant. Learning is a constant. Yeah, and you're learning in all sorts of different ways. It's That's not, right. It's not classroom. It can be through a mentor or it can be through friends or it can be by just just adversity. Adversity, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say failures, but adversity is a far better word. Well, yeah. it's, it's, it's the same thing often. Yeah. I think I've just loved catching up with people and having deeper meaningfuls with lots of people it, it's, similar to me, running businesses, doing their best. Yeah, you don't often hard. get to have like good conversations no. with people in business in the way that we have, do you? Yeah, no. that's right. It's been wonderful. All right, let's jump into the nine things we learnt. Number one is that formal education is not linked with business success, but learning is. Yes. So, you know, as I just said, that was my key takeaway, right? And a lot of our guests... You didn't have a, a PhD or a master's or, or anything like that, but they've gone on to have really successful businesses. Yeah. Well, I mean, Paul, our first guest, does have a PhD. Yeah. And um, Cara and Amanda from Active Ability, they've got they masters. They do as well, yeah. And yeah. they've got other people that did trades, other people that just sort of finished school and never went on and did any mm. further studies. That's right. And some of these people, seriously successful people. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like there's any sort of correlation between your formal study and your success in business. No, I completely agree. You know, I, I remember when I was in, particularly in high school, it was all about, well, this is going to show my age, but what's your UAI? You know, what are you going to get? What university? <laughs> Mine was a TR, okay, I'm yeah. Older. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was so, we were so focused on what that next step of, of education was going to be because that meant, you know, if, if you had that education, you were going to be more successful in life. But these conversations have proven to us that it's not the only determining factor. No. And obviously for some industries. So Amanda Little from episode two. Yes. She's in law. That's she, right. She needs the I degree. I would like my lawyer to yes. have gone that's to a, that's university. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, it depends where you're going. It's just to me, it's not, 
you don't have to have a degree in business to be successful in business. Correct. As it happens, I do have a degree in business. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm certainly not poo-pooing the idea of going to university. Yeah. Um, the, the point is that your path doesn't have to look like the kind of traditional finish school, go and do a, do a degree, get a master's, get a PhD, yeah. and then you're skilled. And then you're skilled and successful. Truth no, is you've you got to go out there and start doing the work. That's right. That's right. It's all about getting in there and getting your hands dirty, right? And, and then there's ongoing learning. But there's so much joy to be found in ongoing learning. I think for people that own a business, there's probably one common trait in that we're, we're all sort of a bit hungry yeah. to con- continuing to improve. And hopefully people have learnt things listening to this podcast. We've, so. we've had some great feedback with people saying, oh, we've had terrific conversations around the dinner table after listening to the podcast. Yeah. So I, I learn from podcasts and through audiobooks. I mostly listen to audiobooks because yeah. it's just easier... If you're driving somewhere to listen to a book, yeah, I have a business coach. Like we have sort of our team of advisors around us. Yeah, You know, within our team, they're all doing training. They do conferences and so people are getting skilled up in SEO and um, Google Ads and social media. So try and create an environment where there's a kind of constant uplift of knowledge and skill. So mm. it keeps people stimulated and interested and certainly for me that's the case. It does, it does. But then there's the old, I've got a problem. I don't know what the solution is yeah. and you kind of got to go hunting. It's like yeah. mining for gold. It is and we've seen that with some of our guests in that with their digital marketing as an example. Mm. They didn't understand SEO or they didn't understand Facebook PPC so they went and learnt it so they, they could understand it and then, and then outsource those tasks or hire someone to do it. Yeah, go and, go and get some help. Yeah. That's right. Point number two of things that we've learnt after season one, everybody hurts. Yes, yeah, the famous REM song, yeah, Everybody I'm, Hurts. I'm not going to get that out of my head now. <laughs> no. no, you're welcome, listeners. You can sing that for the rest of the afternoon. Yeah. Everybody has talked about painful times. In they have, haven't business. they? All 23. Uh, some have gone into great detail and, and I want to thank them yeah. for being so vulnerable. Yeah, likewise. Th- yeah. Them sharing those stories has just has really made this podcast, or well, this season, what it was. Well, I really loved it. The very first interview was such a blessing, um, Paul Donovan. Yes. Such a great guy, so kind and open yep. and intelligent. Um, and his voice, honestly, you could just sit and listen to him read the phone book, I think book, we, we should get him to do some more audio books just for us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <that's right. laughs> uh, but he talked about, uh, you know, his wrestles. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he left his successful corporate career and... And it just all fell over right at the very start of launching out on his own and it, how difficult that was. It did. And then there was Kirsty talking about oh, um, yes. how her partnership is like a marriage. Yep. And that all marriages, like you don't have a successful marriage without having some disagreements and ironing out things. Of and course. I, th- I think, you know, some... Business partnerships the same. They are. And, and sometimes though those uh, little tussles and struggles in that partnership actually help you to come out stronger on the other side. Absolutely. And then there's Karen... From uh, Courage on Kitchen. Oh, and of course. Just over the 30 years, multiple times they could have gone out of business. Yeah. Uh, you Had know, some big battles on their hands, that's oh, for sure. Competing with big multinationals. Yeah. Then you've got droughts and wheat shortages. and Competing with the climate. Yeah, I mean, right. can they get any bigger, <laughs> the challenges? Yeah, uh, trying to be a... You know, integrous Australian business, mm. you know, local family business, still going. Done yeah. a wonderful job. I think... When you have a pain in your body, if you have a pain in your leg or in your stomach, you, you go and 
get it fixed. Like you go and sort that out. Yeah. And when you have a pain in your business and maybe you're not sleeping or you're struggling or you're stressed, there's usually something wrong mm. and you need to take the Panadol or you need the antibiotics or what, you know, go yeah. see the car, whatever that is metaphorically in your business, you need to go and fix that because on the other side of it is the next breakthrough, the next level. That's right. We've And we've seen that with so many, all of our guests really. So point number three is that business partnerships are like marriage. Yes, I think we've said that in yeah. just about every episode where we had a partnership. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, we've got, well, one of our most recent episodes was, was Sue Ann and, and Mike from Zidu. Yeah. Uh, you know, are, are, are in a marriage and also business partners. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's some tricky conversations they had around a, a business divorce with a previous... With a previous partner. A previous yeah. partner and how that had an impact on their family and things like that. Um, yeah, very difficult. We also had Limcora. In that instance, we've got two couples. <laughs> yeah, so that's quite an unusual setup. Yeah. So four people, two couples. Yeah. What I liked about the way that they've they've structured their business, though, is that they, and the guys were saying it is they've all got clearly defined roles. Mm. They they each know what they're doing and what they're responsible for. And and sure that there is a little bit of crossover, but there's there's a respect there for what everybody does, and they get on and do their their jobs. And I suppose that's the best way to make it work, right? Well, yeah, I think when you employ someone, if you don't give them clearly defined roles, you have a problem. Yeah. And that's just the same in a partnership. Yeah. I, I mean, April and I are in business. We're married and business partners as well. Yeah, so. and your roles are clearly defined. It yeah. makes it easy for everybody knows who they've got to go to for what particular area of the business or what issue they may have. Yep, that's right. Mm, just offers a level of clarity. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Roger Vatanis was um, in Leadership Counts. He had business partnerships with his brother. That's right. And yeah. then, well, he's got... Didn't he have several, several siblings? I think it was nine. Nine and other, yeah. ten other siblings, yeah. And he was in business, business partnerships with, I think, three of them from memory. Yeah. Uh, one of them didn't end so well mm. and the other one did, but he managed all of those and, and, and again, clearly defined roles. Yeah. And what I liked about some of our, well, all of our guests really who are in partnerships is they've actually been sort of run against the grain of everything I've ever been told or heard or, or, or often seen about business partnerships. I remember when I was starting in business, people would warn me about don't get into a business partnership. You know, it's really bad. It's really bad. It's really bad. And I'm thinking, okay, okay, no worries. And then when you see, you know, all of our guests who are making it work yeah. and you look at, okay, what are the common things that they're all doing to make it work? You can see that having clearly defined roles is one of the key factors yeah. that really does make it work. Yeah. So point number four is everybody's story is fascinating. Yeah, and everybody's story matters. I, I would encourage, if you're listening, to think through your story. Because we've interviewed people, you know, solopreneurs, people with hundreds of staff, everything in between, and everybody's story was fascinating. Yeah. I legitimately found them all fascinating. Yeah, I wonder how many of our listeners have, you know, never actually stopped to think about... What is my business story? Like if I was going to be interviewed on a podcast and asked, yeah. asked my story, what would it be? Like you'd be, probably be surprised at what would come out. Yeah. So April and I went out to dinner and decided we we're going to talk through our story. And uh, it took us like two hours. And it took a long time. And, oh, you remember that? And um, in truth, there was a lot of hard times in there. <laughs> there, was yeah. a lot of, yep. uh, there was a fair bit of pain. And we had to remind ourselves about all the, the real successes and the good the good times yeah. as well. So what stuck out the, the, the most, the, the painful times or the successful times? I'm intrigued. Uh, 
Um, I think we look at the pain points um, as defining times in our lives. Yeah. And by overcoming or getting through them, on the other side, that's where the growth always was. Okay. But I think... I think you tend to remember the trauma a bit more. You, you do. And it's funny you say that. I mean, if we think back to our episode with um, Laura Turner from yeah. Wild Indiana, you know, she had a, a few knockbacks, mm. uh, one being, you know, a, a shipment of products arrived and they, they were all faulty. Yeah. They were all wrong. Um, yeah. You know, as, as, as a business, regardless of size, a, a massive order like that coming in all faulty that's a huge setback. Yeah. And and whilst she came up with solutions and there were some positives on the, on the other side of that, I think yeah, the painful bit is what she remembered first. That's right, yeah. The, the darkness before the dawn. The dawn yeah, yeah, as I say, yeah. <laughs> Pretty profound for her. Yeah. And, and Amanda Little from Amanda Little and Associates, I just think her whole, oh, her great whole story. story is just yeah. fascinating. The culture she has in her business, yeah. uh, how she got started, how she created uniqueness, the fun they have. I, I, I just think, think yeah. there was just a lot of joy in that episode. That's episode two. That's right, yeah. The yeah. energy that she brings to, to her energy. business, that yeah. that was really interesting to see in, I suppose, what could otherwise be seen as sometimes a bit of a vanilla. There's a bit of a lawyer's a boring stereotype. Mm. And if you meet Amanda, that goes out the window in a real, Completely. Yeah. Real, real rush. Yeah. yeah. So then point number five is that business owners often work too hard. I don't think there would be anyone listening who would disagree with that. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of our listeners would agree. Valerie Ling's episodes were, they spoke to this point just brilliantly, didn't they? Yeah. So we did two here and one was yeah. a bonus specifically around burnout. Yeah. And the other one was, was Valerie's story, which included her own burnout. Yeah. I mean, the, the bonus episode we did around burnout, I personally took so much away from. Mm. Uh, I, I hope that our listeners did as well. I hope that they got a lot of insights from that. Um, and just you know, recognizing the signs, um, and then and then taking some action. Yeah, um, it was a very good reminder for me to go through and check through those things. She lists six points yep. in that episode. Yeah, and just to go through as a mental checklist and go, oh, you know, wake up call. Yeah, I think some people can just work like mongrels, get up at four o'clock, work till ten p.m., and they don't need to sleep. Some people are like that. Do you I'm, think? I'm not. No, no. I don't, yeah, I I always feel as though those people there has to like everybody has to have a breaking point. Like there, yeah, ha- look, there, I has, assume to, there so. has to be sacrifices in other areas of their life. Right. So what to, happens with their personal relationships? That's right, what happens yeah. to their health? They're they're the things you, I guess you don't know. Of course, I, I know yeah. people that work like that. Mm. Um, yeah, I've, I've bumped into people like that along the way. Yeah. Uh, the majority of people are basically have have well most of the people we spoke to got into business. To spend more time with their family and to have they more flexibility it, yeah. and find themselves down the road going, hang on, I've got it's less flexibility and less time with my family. Yeah. How did that happen? And so then there's this whole self-discipline thing mm. and then employing people to take load off you and giving giving out hours, which is like there's a win-win. You provide meaningful employment to someone and you get to have a bit of a life You're yourself. getting back some things <laughs> that you love. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Self-care is something that's really important and possibly... I don't know. I don't think blokes are very good at it to start with. Yeah. I think lots of business people full stop, don't uh, do well. Yeah. What am I doing to look after myself? Am I doing fun things, mm. things that refill? Yeah. I wonder if it's a case in business that sometimes you have to go through these really yeah. dark and tricky times yeah. to to appreciate, to come out the other side and then appreciate that, okay, no, self, self-care is 
very important. Mm. And if I don't look after myself, I can't be the best version of myself in this business. Right. I think by looking after yourself in that way, you actually slow down your work rate, mm. which actually increase the growth of your business. Your output as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's what happens. Because when you're burnt out, you're not at your most creative. Mm, correct. Like, like yeah. a lot of the – you end up like a, a rat in a cage, I think was what Valerie said, or a, the hamster on the wheel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. You're just working away doing routine yeah. and, and, and the spark's gone. And it's often the spark in an entrepreneur that makes the business good in the first place. Yeah. I got a bit excited when I we, I'd listened to our guests and you could hear that they've sort of – they've been on this journey, they've been through some adversity – and they've had these these dark times, these issues. They come through the other side, and now they're enjoying running their business the way that they want to. Like you often ask the question about what's a measure of success, mm. and I, I mean, for me, listening a measure of success when I'm looking at these our guests, I was like, yeah, in my eyes, they're successful because they're able to live the life that they set out to yeah. by having this business. Yeah. So point number six, or takeaway number six that we had was that adversity is the birthplace of breakthrough. Yeah, so I think we've talked about this a fair bit. Yeah, we've been covering um, it a bit. <laughs> I actually wonder if this was the theme of the entire series. It just it, came up It sort over of ended and up that way, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. So firstly, you're going to have setbacks. Well, if you want to be successful, you're going to have setbacks. Yeah. And, you know, there's this saying, that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And, and there's definitely a sense that some things can kill your business. Mm. And a lot of businesses fail. That's the truth. And, That's right. And obviously we didn't interview any of them, but some of these guys had previous failed businesses. Yeah. I've had previous failed businesses. Yeah, likewise. Um, but out of that comes more knowledge, more experience, more understanding and the ability to grow. Yeah. Uh, but all of the people we spoke to talked about yeah, every single guest. Points, yeah. So Sally Irwin, she's set up a series of cafes in Australia and all the funds go to trying to abolish slavery in Australia. And then COVID hits. That's right, yeah. And she's just been smacked to pieces, as, you know, everybody in hospitality has. Yeah, and I think the key is you're not just going to have one major setback Right. The longer business goes on, there are always going to be challenges that arise. Yep. You know, every business in Australia was affected by COVID in some way, positive or negative, but they were affected. You know, there'll be competitors, there'll be changes to your industry, technology changes and all sorts of things. So yeah. it's uh, it's not all doom and gloom. I suppose it's just a matter of being aware of that. Well, I think they, these things are going to happen and it's okay. If you're in it and you're able to say, hey, this is growing me, this is expanding me, making me stronger on the other side of this you know, we have the next level of breakthrough for our business. Yeah. If you're able to stop in the middle of the crisis, which is hard, but it, yeah. it's doable, then, you know, there's a real redemptive joy in that. There is, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, it helps you get through it. Point seven is that uniqueness is vital to successful marketing. Yes. Yeah. One that stood out for me was Annika Sagi from Nin Yoga. Just a cool cat. Yeah. <laughs> she has really found her voice mm. and her target market and the way she speaks to them and her community is a better description. She really has identified the people that she wants to connect with. And by her being unique and being herself, people are tra attracted to her. Yeah, so she is so unique. There's only one Annika and that's absolutely working for her. Um, Phil Thompson from Sky Wealth, his process in being unique was basically to stop providing a whole bunch of services. Yes, he just, yeah, just niche down to one. Yeah. Instead of being a financial planner that does everything, he just does life insurance and does it really well, really effectively, really efficiently. 
so you can make it profitable. Yeah. And and look, being unique is actually, it helps people to disqualify themselves from your business, yeah. which sometimes we really like. Well, <laughs> yeah, just yeah you don't can, want the wrong customer. No, but, you don't want the wrong customer. They don't want the wrong service or product. No. So it, it just, it really helps. Yeah. It really does help. Then Justine Lighthouser designing her own camping gear as she goes camping she's come up with unique products that's right yeah and what's unique also about her is that she is her own customer yeah like, uh, that's well, right a, a few of our guests There's were like that few, as well actually. yeah yeah but being your own customer is you know they, uh, i dare say some of her competitors are not their own customers uh where she is and that gives her an interesting insight into the products and, in, and the different things that her target market are looking for in those products it's very helpful to be your own customer yeah not always possible. Yeah, not always possible, but helpful. Yeah. So point number eight was passion, courage, and a dream. So this is the thing uh, that sits behind everything else, I think, that mm. all these business people have something in their gut that's pr- propelling them forward. Uh, I've used the words passion, courage, and a dream. They're all accurate. You could probably yes. go on and use yep. another 30 that are similar. Oh, definitely, yeah. But there's a drive that's just pushing people forward. Jody and Anastasia from Rise Women, you know, they've got a passion to help women. Yeah. And, you know, just a lot of fun, those guys. They were. What a great episode. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then Cara and Amanda from Activability. Oh, talk uh, about passion. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They're really passionate about helping people through the NDIS. And then their passion, their courage and their dream sees them keep moving forward and rapid, rapid growth for those guys. That's right. And with all of our guests, you know, with that passion or that courage and that dream, it also brings a level of real authenticity to the way they present themselves, the way they market themselves. They're just genuinely great people and businesses. Passion's infectious, isn't it? It it really is. You meet a passionate person. My son is passionate about fishing. Yeah. And he gets everybody excited about fishing. And And you don't even like fishing. (laughs) I'm kidding. I don't know that. (laughs) I'm not as passionate as him, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, it's just funny when you meet someone who's passionate about something that you're not and you you lift. It is infectious, isn't it, as you said. You lift because of them. So round us out, James. What was our number nine takeaway? So number nine is that word of mouth is marketing 101. Yes. And so (laughs) everybody talks about we grew by word of mouth. The first thing people say is, we didn't do any marketing. It was all by word of mouth. Yeah. And I would say that is marketing. Yeah. <laughs> that's absolute. That's marketing 101. That, that so is. that's my first statement. Let's not pretend that's something else. That's, that's right. totally it is marketing. marketing. Yeah. And the thing that's being marketed is a message about you and the great thing you've done for them. Mm-hmm. This is like this is yeah. really basic because we want to get real complicated and uh, jump online and do all this fandangle stuff. But at the core. If you have a product or service that people love and are talking about, then when you go and do the more sophisticated things, you're only amplifying an already good good recipe. That's right. It's like making a cake that your family love and saying, well, I'm going to make a thousand of this because there's another thousand families that are going to love my cake and then selling them. It's the same idea. It is. If we look at Rowan Kunz from Art of Smart. Yeah. Uh, lots of word of mouth and referrals. Yeah, there. all was, around the coaching space. Th- that's right. Well, it's how he got started, really, back at uni. Yeah. He wasn't doing anything sophisticated in terms of marketing. No, that's right. No no fancy Google Ads campaigns no. or SEO or anything. It was just people saying, hey, this is a really great service. Yeah, and, and word of mouth is going to grow you slowly. 
It's fine. There's nothing. Yeah, wrong it with is. It, it is going to grow slowly. Um, but there are some. There is also some positives to that. Yep. Yeah. You know, often when when they get a referral, they're kind of pre-qualified, right? Yeah. So you know, we're, we're happy to have them sort of slow and steady because we know they're probably going to be really, really good customers because yep. one of our other really good customers has passed them yeah, on. Yeah, that's right. Well, my argument would be if your business is not growing by word of mouth, probably don't market yet. Just keep working on that, your, yeah, on your product or service. Mm. Try and get it to the point where you're doing something wonderful mm. that people are talking about. When you get there... Then if you promote it on Facebook or Google or YouTube or wherever, it's going to work because mm. you've already got a wonderful cake. Yeah, <laughs> the cake, that's right. The cake yeah. really tastes good. If people are not talking about your cake, it might be because it's not a very nice it's cake. It's not a great cake. Yeah. yeah <laughs> might need to work on your recipe. Yeah, there was Steve Waters from Right Property Group who's grown largely by word of mouth. Yes. And, and yep. then he's gone into podcasting as well. Yeah. But, yeah, he's grown through people referring yeah, and I think some of those businesses that sit similar to Steve's in that complexity with what Steve does in property, a little bit complex, a little bit difficult. Uh, it's a high value investment yes. in buying property. Yeah, so, that's right. So referrals and word of mouth marketing there is really key. Really valuable. Yeah. All right, that's nine things. I'm going to recap them. Number one, formal education is not linked with business success, but learning most definitely is. Number two, everybody hurts. Sing it for us, Jess. I, I am not the singer <laughs> out of this duo. Right. Let Michael Stipe hold the Everybody Hurts. Right, number three, partnerships are like a marriage. Number four, everybody's story is fascinating and valuable. Number five, business owners often work too hard, need to have a bit of self-care. Number six, adversity is the birthplace of breakthrough. Number seven, uniqueness is vital to successful marketing. Number eight, you need passion, courage, and a dream. I reckon there's just lots of people out there with passion, courage, and a dream and haven't taken a step. And if that's you, take the step. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the, all the podcasts and get some inspiration. And number nine, word of mouth is marketing 101. So we're going to take a little rest from the podcast for a bit. But in the meantime, we're going to create some short pods uh, with helpful tips on how to do your digital marketing. So that's our area of expertise at the Online Co. So we're going to put together some of those. So they'll be coming out over the course of the next month or so, a few bits and pieces. So I hope they're helpful. And then we're going to launch season two. Now we've got some really exciting things planned. I'm looking forward for season to season two. two. Yeah. We're not telling you about them. No. We're going to create a little bit of suspense there. Insert suspenseful music yeah, here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we, we love to help. Uh, people grow mm. their businesses through digital marketing that puts people first. And hopefully people have got that impression as they listen that, yeah, we actually do care about people. We've loved listening to their stories. So if you're listening and you'd like some advice with digital marketing, whether it's you know, SEO or Google Ads or social media, um, we'd love to chat with you. So you can come along to theonlineco.net and you can book a quick chat. Uh, either Jess or myself will have a chat with you and um, see how we can help. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for all your support. Yeah, thanks for coming along on the journey. Um, we're very much looking forward to connecting with you in the not-too-distant future. So this episode of Getting to the Heart of Business was brought to you by The Online Co., produced by Claire Bruce, music by Harry Parnwell. You can find us at theonlineco.net. If you've found these nine points helpful, please feel free to share it with someone. Uh, subscribe and leave us a review. And we're still going to be there in the Facebook group, Getting to the Heart of Business community. Take care.